Revived Thoughts is a production of Revive Studios. This is Troy and Joel, and you are listening to Revive Thoughts. Troy, how are you doing today? I feel like I feel like you have a little frog in your throat. Do you not? <clears throat> I do a little bit. Um, I don't feel bad particularly. I feel fine. Uh, but I do sound a little off. If I recall our last revived conversation or a recent episode, you sounded a little off. Yeah. And so la- maybe it was just my turn to be sounding. Our Saint Nick. Although while I, you, yes. while you don't sound great, you definitely still sound better than I did during, <laughs> uh, during that recording. I sounded otherworldly. Yeah. You're still recognizably Troy. I feel like, albeit, yeah, you sound like, uh, sound like you got a little, uh, little frog in your throat. But yeah, I, I hope pers- I wouldn't mind if it stays this way. I think I sound pretty rugged and masculine. Sure. So I, I yeah. think it's the deep voice I've always wanted. Right. Yeah. That radio voice finally coming in a little bit there. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for this revive. It's been, it's been a hot se- This is the first revived convo of 2022 revived conversation. And uh, I know dear listener has already seen the title. We're talking about celebrity pastors today. Troy, why don't you set this That's one right. up? This episode is all about the hot goss you want to know with your celebrity oh, pastor. Boy. We're talking jackets, clothes, who are they? No, nothing like that. Hot, not, this isn't goss. like e-, e Magazine. Uh, but we did want to, I feel like, now Joel, correct me, maybe this is just my experience, but I have seen a lot of people going through life, they're living life, and then let's say a, a pastor says something they don't like or they get into a scandal, um, maybe they cheat on their wife or whatever it is, they get caught, caught doing something, usually, or saying something. And there will always be people who, whose first response is to go, yeah, that's, that's celebrity Christian. You know, that's how mm. it is to be celebrity Christians these days. That's, uh, that's <laughs> the culture. The celebrity Christian culture causes this, creates this problem. And if we didn't have, and, and I don't know, and maybe you are, you are listening to this and you go, I know I've said that, you know, and I, I, I would probably be lying if I've never said something like that. That's what famous people do or something. I, that sounds like something I would have said, especially um, when I was in Bible college. And this isn't like an insult, like, and now I've grown up out of that. It's more just as I've gotten older that I've been trying to analyze what does that even mean? Like what are what are we saying when we say that? Is, is there is there, are you saying that if there were no famous people, there were no famous Christians, we wouldn't have that problem? Are we saying that celebrity causes this? Because I can't help but notice while we do revive thoughts that so many of the episodes that people love and so many of the sermons that we go through are from really famous Christians, right? Charles Spurgeon had the biggest, at least Baptist mm. church in the entire British Empire when the British Empire was the biggest empire of the world. So obviously he would have been, a, he was a huge celebrity. I mean, his sermons were read all around the world. Uh, Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield, they were many celebrities, especially George Whitfield was not many. He was a huge celeb- celebrity of his time. Uh, I, I, and we could keep going and this list would be super easy. I mean, all of these guys could draw big crowds had thousands of listeners come to them. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes as many as tens of thousands come to hear them speak. They sold many books. Their words were very important, and we read them today. But wouldn't they all have been considered celebrities? I mean, isn't that what they were? The mo- maybe a little bit different, but at least as a pre-modern version of it, they would have been definitely celebrities, right? And so then it made me go, well, wait a second. 
why aren't we mad at Charles Spurgeon? And why aren't we mad at some of these guys? Why don't we go, oh, that's, you know, famous pastor culture there. And I'm not saying they don't have their problems. They didn't have their fights. Maybe if we lived at their time, we would have seen more of those kind of fights Mm -hmm. we see happening today. But it certainly made me go step back and go, okay, there's got to be more to the problem than just celebrities or just being famous because all of our favorite people in history for the most part are also famous okay okay i have i have a a gut reaction to this initial an initial knee-jerk reaction here's my here's my conclusion based on and this we're we're going into this cold drawing i haven't really we we saved it all for the for the show to kind of get out because that's not where i thought you were going with this initially but it does make sense i think and this this kind of gets into my main I don't call it frustration. I guess it is a frustration. My main issue with modern day celebrity pastor culture is not necessarily the speakers themselves. It's the 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 age of internet and social media has allowed everyone to be so opinionated about every single person and it saturates everything everywhere. And it drives me crazy. Um but I think we are certainly more connected and talking about these pastors in today's generation like they've never been talked about in the past. And more importantly, where I think, we, you know, why we think of these speakers from the past more fondly is because I think those are the ones that have stood the test of time. I think if we were to go back to the 1800s or the 1700s, I think there would be a lot of sex scandals or, you know, uh, posers that, you know, were just in it for the money and society forgot about them after they died, you know, because there's not a lot to that legacy. There's a lot, not a lot to the, to their name. And so they're not people that people look fondly back on like they do the ones that actually were genuine in their faith and stood the test of time and stood up to, yeah, being able to have us look back at and see what they were talking about and see what they wrote. I think there is, you know, kind of like, kind of like how old people always talk about like, oh, songs in the sixties and the seventies are just way better than the music that they're making today. And, you know, again, kind of the same mindset of like, there was just as much garbage back then. It's just the good songs are the ones that people still listen to today because they're good, because they are the good ones that people held on to and are replaying and listening to. They stand the test of time. But all of this clutter kind of falls out and weeds out. Again, I think it's kind of made, uh, uh, there's an added layer of dynamicness to our current generation because we're able to uh, uh, chatter and spread opinions on a, just a super speedy level that has never been able to be accomplished in, in history like like we have again today with Twitter and, you know, just being able to, in theory, support people, although usually it's just used for tearing someone down um, or judging people. There's a lot of judgment that, that Twitter brings about because you can have an opinion and you know what, if you don't have opinion, then you're doing something wrong because you should have an opinion and, uh, you know, you're a weirdo if you don't have an opinion. Like like that, that society, I think, brings out a lot of judgment in a lot of folk. But that I will say, I, we could have a whole episode talking about not having an opinion on something. Oh my, it's I, great! I actually, it's great. I, I actually feel very, very much the same as you. There are a lot of times, especially online, with theological issues, where opinions—you know—people are shooting their opinions off one way or the other on this or that issue, and it's it's amazing to be able to just be like, I'm not, I'm not interested. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have an opinion on that. Feel free to fight that one on your own, guys. I mean, I just don't have anything to say about. Or you find so both sides interesting. Like it's you, you don't have to. 
die on every hill, you can appreciate and you know be disinterested in stuff like that. It, it's okay. You don't you don't have to uh, again die on on every hill you see and and uh, pick a side on everything you see. Uh, but that's like it's becoming such a foreign concept in today's day and age where um, you know you can ask anyone any given person what do you think of this theologian what do you think of this public speaker what do you think of this uh, leader and you either like them or you don't like them like you either you either subscribe to their thoughts or you don't subscribe to their thoughts and there's no neutral ground on that um, and it drives me crazy in that in that's that's a blank obviously you know amongst friends and stuff like that um, there's there's but I'm just talking about just like the mass blogs that i see every day everywhere well what i mean and i don't know if this is the direction we were going to take it but and it wasn't probably the original direction but we're just we're just freestyling this is this is like those rappers do where they just drop the beat and yeah just, just let like it, that you know, let let it all come out right there uh, <laughs> just like that um but no i actually super agree at this point so i we actually at revised studios i don't know how much under the hood we want to get here but we do actually get some heat and sometimes i think we get uh my phone was really out there. We do get some heat, and sometimes we do not get remembered because we do not subscribe directly to one group of people mm. as the good guys and one group of people as the bad guys. And if you scroll through our feed, you will find old Puritans from the 1600s, but you will find people who are far more Arminian as well. You will find people like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and you'll find people like Jonathan Edwards, and you'll find a lot of people in between, and we tell their stories and let you listen to their sermons and let you decide whom from that group you think resonates with you, how you feel about that, all of that. We want you as the listener to make these decisions, not us to decide these things necessarily right. for you. Now, purely based on what sermons are available, you know, how easy it is to access. I mean, there is, and I do curb people. I'm not letting um, heretics on the show. You know, I'm certainly not letting Mormons. And, you know, there are groups of people who do not make the cut, obviously. But if they are considered Christian and they have Bible-believing Christianity in them, those are the ones I try to get on. I try not to tell people who it is they're supposed to believe in and who it is they're supposed to resonate with and who it is, et cetera. And we've been told by several people this is something they enjoy about our show, that they're hearing from perspectives they hadn't thought about, and they're learning to appreciate people, even people they disagree with theologically, because when they listen to their sermons and they hear their stories, they go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much I, you know, that I, I actually respect that person. But the flip side of it has been there are people in different camps that are just basically like, hey, we don't want anything to do with you because you are not a part of our group. And so because you are, you know, mm. accepting and allowing stuff on that's from these other cliques, all these, all these other groups, you're not really promoting the purity that we're looking for. Mm. And so you guys are out basically. Um, and, and that doesn't, that's not like, oh, we're, we're not, we're not talking about, you know, this poor revised studio is so persecuted. It's nothing like that at all. It's just, it, it is experienced. You can, you yeah. can see it. It's a real part of just even, even something as small as the Christian podcast culture has this, imagine how much bigger it is than, and the pastorships and the, uh, and the book writing and the publishing, like in the really important areas, if it's here, it's got to be there too. And, but I, 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 and I, I mean, cause I get really, tw I get really torn because on the one hand, I do want people to be serious about their faith. I do want people to stand up for truth. But I also don't want people to apply a standard that mm. they don't actually believe to their celebrities. And an example of that is I, I posted this on Twitter, but uh, most people love Charles Spurgeon and uh, for good reason. Uh, and, they, and they look at him as very wise. They may not agree with everything, but they agree with most things. 
But Charles Spurgeon, and this is going to sound crazy, but you can look up the quote on our Twitter because that's where I posted it a couple weeks ago. He believed in aliens. And that's something most people, if they heard a pastor was talking about aliens from the pulpit, they would go, what is he talking about? I'm not going to that church. Hey, I mean, the 1800s but Charles were, Spurgeon. <laughs> you, the, you, your mind had to be open. <laughs> you were just discovering, you were just like, to, to, yeah. to, in his defense, to be alive in the 1800s as astronomers were just discovering, you know, different yeah. galaxies and stuff like that, that that'd be pretty mind-blowing. It would be, but I'm just saying, like, that's something most people, if they went to church today and the pastor was talking about, well, even the aliens would praise God, you would be like, I'm so out of this church. This church is weird. But Spurgeon did it, and all of us would agree, for the most part, that we wouldn't mind hearing Spurgeon preach. Another example is B.B. Warfield was a big defender of evolution, but a lot of us today would say, like, I don't want to go to a church where the preacher preaches evolution. St. Augustine, he helped promote uh, a lot of the problems we have with the celibacy uh, the idea of never getting married. You could argue that St. Augustine didn't directly say that, but the point is the ideas came mm-hmm. from St. Augustine, and he he helped create that. There are all these guys that we look up to and respect. They all have certain things that sure. if you went to their church and applied the same standards you apply to people today, you would have to discount them for. And so I do think sometimes I go, wait a second, we're giving a lot of people in history a pass that we're not necessarily giving people today a pass on. And I think there is there is a line that, people have to draw uh, eventually right and i think that's part of the the journey of just being a christian is is finding you know being having your convictions reaffirmed and finding out you know as you grow as a christian as you understand the bible more and more um i think the spirit does make clear to you you know there there are there are celebrity pastors that i loved in high school and and as I grew as a Christian, uh, it became very clear that you know those are not genuine followers of Christ. I don't look back bad on that time because um, I think it's a good thing for for yeah you could kind of make those own discoveries with that. And and I totally understand if like you're uh, you're a pastor of a church or something like that. Like if you're someone that people look to for guidance to be that person that kind of makes lists of of. Uh, pastors that you should listen to and pastors that you shouldn't listen to. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, there's never a place for that. My main beef is just with kind of the culture that has spread up around uh, where you can have an entire community that just gossips about various theologians, various speakers around the world. Like, I don't think that's good or healthy for anyone. And I think, I'm not doing a great job of explaining it, but like, I want to hear what that person has to say. And if I don't like it, then I won't like it. And again, I know everyone's at a different point in their spiritual walk and some people want a little bit more guidance and and things along those lines. So so this is actually my challenge to you though, because um, so I agree with a lot of what we're saying. I think we've been on the same pace, but I think we're starting to differentiate now because- What you got? I do, I do think there are people so let's say your New Year's resolution 2022 was to go to the Christian bookstore and read five good Christian books. I don't know. Let's just say that's you, okay? You're a really young believer. Uh, maybe you go to a really large church and you don't know any pastors. No one's really personally guiding you. And so, I mean, I was in that boat probably 12 years ago. And so no one's really guiding you. You're doing your best. You walk into the Christian bookstore. What books are up front? You know, they're not Charles Spurgeon. They're not the books that are on our shows that we would present, like you would never hear about a guy like Henry Grattan Guinness. What is going to be the first books you see? Those are going to tend to be books by a lot of different people. Some of them you might think are really good, 
but some of them, let's be honest, are not so good. And you have no discernment. You have no tools at your disposal as a young Christian to know the difference. And I, and some people will say, well, you need discipleship, you need mentorship. I mean, that's you're not wrong. But if you go to these big churches, those things are not readily available. They're not just they're not just sitting around with pastors waiting to mentor people. So you're doing the best you can. You pick up the books, I guarantee you, because I've been in these people's shoes, you're going to probably pick up a book or two that's not so good. And you, mm-hmm. it helps to have people. I used to be in the same page. I used to actually be with you. And I spent some time on one of these groups where they call out uh, heretical preachers. And I've actually seen a lot of people message in and say, no one in my life in my you know, 15 years as a Christian ever told me to think about these things. But I've actually been growing in my faith because someone made some jokes about some of these people. And that's actually helped me to discern what it is I believe. And, I'm, and they almost always are like, I'm really grateful that someone said, hey, this guy who's very famous, who's considered a big Christian, leader isn't and maybe you should actually look into them so i i man there's a tough tough part of my pool because mm-hmm. i don't want the christian world to just be infighting but i also don't want the wolves to just devour the sheep you know and and sadly mm-hmm. the christian bookstores the christian podcast world i mean the world we live in today there's a lot of noise there there's a lot of stuff there that if we're honest if you're mature in your faith that you would not pick up 90 percent of those things yet if you're young in your faith if you don't have any tools if no one's been there to guide you and mentor you you're not going to know, and there's going to be no way for you to know that mm-hmm. these things are damaging. And you could spend easily upwards of, you know, 10 years, an entire lifetime uh, deceived by some of this material because it's just so available. And you make a good point, and I fully admit that the things I'm saying are coming from a very uh, Joel point of view you know at, at this current point in my life you know I, I talk about being frustrated about the discourse around sub celebrity preachers because that's how i feel at this exact moment in 2022 i might you know three years from now i'm sure i'll have a different opinion on it and i you know obviously this doesn't apply to like i said like pastors that are trying to give uh f- congregants good advice uh or like you, you like you're pointing out new christians there i i really would you know stress that new Christians seek out some type of, of mentor or discipleship before jump, <laughs> jump in. Like, yeah, have someone that can help uh, help you take those steps with that. And I'm not so much concerned about maybe clear guidance around uh, theologically sound speakers and, and, you know, heretical ones, but I'm more just, uh, I, and again, I, I know I kind of keep circling back around to this, that that discourse where everyone just wants to talk. I feel like that's damaging towards the the American church, towards the Christian church in general, is when people are talking more about the speakers than they are about the themes and the concepts in the Bible that Jesus wanted us to be talking about. I feel like that's kind of some low-level spiritual war there. Like, there's stuff going on that is distracting and occupying Christians uh, even though we don't really realize it I think a lot about that um that first Corinthians 3 passage where Paul is talking about uh you know people following Apollos uh, you know people claiming I follow Paul I follow Apollos and you know causing division amongst the church that's a passage that's talking specifically about division in the church correct me if I'm wrong here but I I think Apollos was an all right guy like he was he wasn't a heretical speaker yeah apollos and yet, was great right and so and yet paul's still mad at these people for 
uh, fighting about whether they follow Paul or Apollos, even though you know it's it's not necessarily if one's theologically sound or heretical all the time. A lot of the times, it's just anything that that can sow discourse or anything that can cause uh, issues amongst a body of Christ. And I feel like in our modern day of everyone has have an opinion in, in the cancel culture, uh, there's just needless debates about these things. When I feel like you know, if Jesus was here. He'd be rolling his eyes like, what are, what, are, what are we talking about, guys? Let's let's get to work. What are these things that we're supposed to be talking about and learning and and, uh, and communicating to others? And a lot of it's natural. Like, I, I'm not so dumb to imagine that there's not always going to be people that other people look up to, right? There's always going to be celebrity pastors. There's always going to be, there. there's certain people that God has blessed. You know, it's a spiritual gift to be able to communicate in ways that captures people's attention and imagination and people naturally will gravitate towards that person there will always be pastors that get famous just due to their gift to communicate with that there's so uh, you know i'm not saying that there shouldn't be celebrity pastors because i think that's inevitable but i just think that the the concept of unity should be maybe stressed a bit more than uh than it seems to be in our twitter age i don't know does that make any sense troy yeah and i i think that um so it's interesting because earlier you said too that there were people you liked in high school that as you grew older you mm. started to realize I'm not with them. I think that's really key for everybody listening. There may be people you like right now that five or ten years from now they they stray off the path. They don't end up being what you thought they were. And I think so or your theology to, will change. Like it's possible too, my yeah. theology isn't what it was ten years ago. Like I I view things in a different light than I did back then. And yeah, people. People change. Both you're changing and these theologians that you admire, their theology is changing as yeah. well. Right. I think, so, I think being you know, able to walk around and say, like, I being able to recognize that just because they wrote a book 20 years ago that you liked and was momentous to you in that moment mm. does not mean that you should cling to and hold that person steady in your heart forever because they might, mm-hmm. they might become. A.W. Tozer said you should only look up to the great theologians that are dead because they can't disappoint you. They're already dead. Um, and he, I can say that because he's dead, I like so that. it's, it's fine for one. me to say that. Uh, and right. I'm paraphrasing, but he basically, it was just, it was that pretty much exact quote. And I do think that there's a little bit of that where like, you know, the people I've seen it so many times where somebody loves somebody and then that person just gets stranger and stranger or weirder and weirder. And, and, you know, it's hard for them. On the other side of it too, though, like you said, we have this very, you know, we have this giant battle of minds, almost as, you know, everyone's online putting forward. And some people might be listening to this. You don't spend a lot of time online. So you're just like, is this really what's happening? It, it really is happening in certain circles um, where people are just trying to be the smartest Christian in the book, you know, in the, in the group. And I do wonder if you were out ministering, being the hands and feet, being the heart as well, not just the brain of the, of the group, you know, oh, I'm gifted to be the speaker. Well, go serve anyway. It's okay. But I do wonder if people were more interested in serving, if, if people were competing as hard to be the biggest servant as they are to be the biggest speaker, you know, if, and that sounds a little cutesy, but I'm just saying like, if we were going more for that, would we, would we have as much of this discoursing back and forth or would the Lord be naturally teaching us these things? You know what I'm saying? Like how much of this stuff is, does it need to be battled out in debates and comment sections or in mm. videos and YouTube reaction videos, all that kind of stuff. And how much of this stuff just naturally gets ironed out when you're actually serving God in ministry capacity somewhere? You know, does that make sense? Like, totally. Ha- okay, 100%. good. I-, I was wondering if I made sense. 
I mean, it makes sense to me. I don't know. I don't know if there's a better way to word it, but like, and that's the older I get, the more and more I fall in line with that thinking exactly as far as it's, it's different when you are in the dirt ministering, you know, when you are, like you said, being the hands and body of Christ, it's incredible how, what, what kind of other believers you come alongside and you fellowship with and you rejoice in what Jesus has done. Uh, and suddenly, you know, your views on dispensation don't matter as much. And, you know, that's, that's not something that you're going to have meetings about and talk about because you're getting work done. Like you're, you're serving the body of Christ and that's an exciting thing. Uh, and that's something that Hudson Taylor said it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you, uh, you were dropping, you're, if you're going to drop a Hudson (laughs) Taylor quote on you, I'm going to let you go first. In our last sermon by Hudson Taylor, he said, there are some people who go to every Bible conference, who go to every missions conference, who go to every speaking conference. And he said, you basically, you have eaten and eaten and eaten and eaten from the spiritual buffet. And now you're so overweight, you don't even know how to do exercise it. He said, stop eating, go exercise off what you have. Your bowel movements aren't even mm-hmm. clean because your intestine is so overfull with all those stuff you've eaten and you're just in the way hogging it all. He's like, go exercise what you have. Go live out what you've learned and then come back when you're hungry again. He's like, he goes, the bread of God, you need to yeah. eat it when you're hungry, but you don't need to just eat it and 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 eat it all the time, never doing and applying it, right? He's like, imagine a human being eats food all day and doesn't do anything. That is super useless to everybody. Well, in the same way, if you just sit there and eat and eat and eat the word of God, but you're never applying it, you're never sharing it, you're never teaching it, you're never serving anybody, you're an obese spiritual person kind of in the way of other people. And I don't think he means that there might be somebody who reads their Bible two hours a day because they can't leave the house or maybe elderly or whatever. They're not talking about you. What he's saying is there are mm-hmm. people who, you know, knowledge puffs up, but love is charity, right? In First Corinthians, there are people who have learned and learned and learned and they turned what they've learned into weapons that they're willing to fight with. And there are times when we need to fight, but how often are we drawing swords when we actually probably need to serve? And I suppose we're, I suppose we're not really even talking about celebrity culture at this point anymore, but... <laughs> I, I mean, we are to an extent because the discourse around celebrity culture, I feel like that is a, a very real example of one of the things <laughs> that gets in the way of, of uh, yeah, of hands and feet Christian work is, especially in America, I live in the Midwest where there's literally, I'm not even exaggerating, six churches within a mile of my house. There's so much opportunity just to be a lazy Christian, you know, and and I don't, I obviously we're blessed beyond all belief to be able to have access to so much theology and to so much good teaching around us wherever we are. But I, I feel like you lose something when you don't have opportunities to do what God has called us to, when you don't have, and, and of course, you know, there are programs in churches where you can serve in the inner city or, or, you know, either they, they have great things, but I really do uh, think it's great for, and I encourage people to go on some type, find some type of short term missions trip, you know, where you can go. One, one of the most eye opening experiences in my life is when I went on a short term missions trip that, and I'm not even sure how this happened, but it was coordinated with several other churches and different denominations that all showed up at the same time and, and served in the same areas that we did. And this was in India. And we were, you know, up in these mountain tribes feeding villages with rice and preaching the gospel with different denominations that I certainly did not agree with at the time. And it was incredible to see the way the the Lord worked and the way that, you know, God used all of us all in our own ways 
it was an experience that looking back on it now, and I think it was more impactful for me than than I realized at the time. But it's really neat to see, yeah, God, God just using people. You quickly understand how little a lot of those things that we argue about are uh, celebrity pastors being one of those things. That being said, obvious disclosure, disclosure, there's good theology and there's bad theology. We're not saying that like, you know, you, you, there's there's certainly areas where you have to draw lines or certain areas where you it, it becomes pretty clear that someone is being unbiblical. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about secondary issues, right? Yeah, I think that's the problem, though, is people would go, yeah, but who's deciding which ones are the best? Because most of the celebrity Christians would say, right. I am a Christian. I'm just as good as the other guys. And that's the, I think that becomes the crux is, mm-hmm. well, which of these guys are good? Which of these guys aren't good? Who's deciding what the secondary issue is and who's deciding, you know, because what your secondary issues might be, someone asked about me saying, absolutely not, right. those are primary issues. And that's, I think that's who's deciding these things becomes much of the muck in the mire. And I will say, I think my final closeout mm-hmm. is when I opened this show, I pointed out that historically there have been many, many famous pastors who are considered great, you know, who were the Christian celebrities of their time. But I, I do think it would be a complete disservice to this episode if we didn't mention the fact that, like, it's true. Christian culture and celebrity culture has changed. And so many of the people who I think were famous 200 years ago, 100 years ago, even 50, 70 years ago, would not probably be as famous today as they are as they were. I don't think that they would hmm. become the Christian. I don't think Spurgeon would become the Christian megatitan he was um, and his time, he might have, he might have, I, I can't, I can't, we never heard him speak, so I can't speak per se on that. But I do wonder if these, if that same level of people would be elevated. Likewise, I do think that currently we have a problem in Christian celebrity culture of elevating the wrong people way too fast and way too high. Mm. And that some of these guys, I mean, some of these people who, I mean, there are, cause we, we're kind of talking more to Christians, but I mean, there are people who can gather an audience of 20,000 people together and it's going to be complete nonsense the whole way through. And so, and those are a part of the Christian celebrity culture, you know, correct? So I, th- there is something happening where Christian celebrities are put on this extremely high stand. I think Joel and I have been focused more on people that we kind of all say are Christians, but we have theological disagreements with. But the problem is these other people, these, you know, what we would normally call prosperity preachers. And these people, these people also call themselves mm. Christians. They're also a part of the Christian celebrity culture. They also have their books right up in front of everyone else. And, you know, where do you draw that line? And how do you say, because I don't, I, I don't know. I just have a hard time imagining some of these prosperity preachers being as popular as they were, as they are today, 150 years ago, because of the culture then was so, uh, was so ready to say, prove basically what you're saying. And now we have such a different culture where it's just like, does this make me feel pretty good that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to move it forward. Does it make me feel bad? I'm going to push it back. But there's, there's a, there's a distinct lack of scriptures in, in that type of theology, which I feel like is, is a good, uh, rule of thumb or a good, you know, way to, to test the temperature of the waters is, is this a Bible preaching Pat? Like, is he, is he using lots of scripture and is it in line with the scripture that you're reading? Cause like you need to be reading your Bible too and, and testing it against what you're seeing in the Bible. Are these things falling into line with each other? And again, I do think the spirit will, will make things clear to you that, uh, you know, if, if there is discrepancies there, or if they're, or if they are preaching things that aren't biblical, um, that you can, you will be become more aware of over time, um, and again, I, I really feel like discipleship is the best 
solution for this is but to find I, someone I, that, that we you could trust have a, and someone... We could have an episode on discipleship, mainly because I would agree with you. Discipleship Ooh. is great if you can get it. But I mean, if you go to a church or you are, you know, one of those new believers, or early believers, the people who most need discipleship are the people who are going to have the hardest time finding a true mentor or disciple or maker. Like the people who we most, but I'm who just we saying most I would prioritize to. that. Sure. Right. Then again, though, right. if you're if you're in um, need of discipleship, then your ability to pick a mentor to disciple you is probably not very good either. All right. Well, I think we've pretty much said at least some good thoughts. Hopefully we help. People think through, at least from the church history perspective, a little bit on some of this stuff. Um, like, I think you said Certainly it well. Certainly made a, a few it, people it, mad. Maybe. I don't know. I was about to say, though, um, <laughs> hey, I think what you said is right, that we, it has to be about Scripture. And if you're if the sermons are filled with Scripture mm-hmm. and obviously it's not being twisted, then you're probably going in a good direction. Um, but one thing I do like is we managed to do an entire episode on Christian subculture, you know, this kind of cultural... Uh, popularity yeah. Christian and I don't and without we never even said we weren't going to do this neither of us mentioned any specific names like this did not become right? like yeah. a hit not a target single thing. modern day we could we we have our list we have people we like and we don't like but yeah. here's but I thought it was interesting neither of us we weren't maybe on the same page on all this and we didn't pre-plan this but we both went out of our way just to focus on like the content of the message and not maybe necessarily getting into all the names so if nothing else hopefully we we produce the first I think probably one of the first Christian podcasts that tried to go after popular Christianity um, as a subculture without actually using the names of the people, which people are either going to go, oh, that was neat, <laughs> or they're going to go, why didn't you just say their names? What's wrong with you? Troy and I listen to a lot of a lot of celebrity pastors, and we, we think that there's a lot of encouragement and a lot of great stuff to be had there. And, you know, I'm encouraged every day by, by speakers that I listen to and, and uh, blogs that I read of theirs. Um, there's, I don't think either one of us is saying that you shouldn't listen to any type of, of popular pastor um speak for yourself if, if for i only that. i only read the <laughs> fragments of monks from the 1100s now not even full sermons mm-hmm. I, I just need their fragments and that's that's how that's the only good stuff right that's what sustains you yeah <laughs> okay i think that'll do it for this episode of revived conversations uh revive thoughts at gmail.com straight and simple easy it's the name of the show at gmail.com uh email us if you have uh, an idea for another topic that you want troy and i to talk about um or uh, if you have any feedback at all go yeah, ahead and we would love to hear from you unless you're unhappy then then we're not we're not here we're not wanting to hear from you as much so if you're happy we want to hear from you if you're not happy um yeah, then that email was uh revive something don't worry about it all right, um, we, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Let people know about what we're doing at Revive Studios. Hope you enjoy Revive Thoughts, Mars Missionaries, Revive Divas, all of our shows. And we are looking forward to talking with you next time. This is Troy Angel, and this is Revive Thoughts. Mm-hmm.